When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, we're back. Uh, today is uh, Wednesday. You think enough damage has been done for the week already, uh, Rita? Oh, my goodness. This is one of the wildest weeks I've ever seen, whether it's Washington, New York, southern border. Boy, yeah, is there a lot crazy. to talk about, John. Uh, in, in the studio, we have Judge Richard Weinberg, Common Sense Democrat, and we have Vito Fisella, the uh, Staten Island Borough President. Yeah, and there's a lot on migrants. Um, of What's course, going on uh, yeah. with that lawsuit, uh, Vito? Well, I think we made, for the first time in quite some time, that uh, a lot of progress yesterday because the city filed in Manhattan something that reflects our position that, thank God, John, you've been voicing it for a year of dealing with this so-called right-to-shelter consent decree. And what we've said, it really never was intended to accommodate tens of thousands of migrants coming in, costing billions and billions of dollars. And the city agreed with us yesterday and filed it. So maybe this is the light of the end of the maybe tunnel we we'll waiting for. Sense. Maybe common sense will prevail. My uh, interview with uh, uh, 42nd President Bill Clinton on Sunday, right. I think he said the same thing. And a lot of the leadership uh, of the Democratic Party on Monday uh, at the uh, uh, New York City Partnership Breakfast uh, with Kathy Wild, uh, Senator Schumer, and uh, Ka- the Governor Hochul and uh, Mayor Adams uh, agreed with uh, President Clinton. Yeah, and in fact, John, that interview is getting so, tons of headlines. Here we have a little clip, actually. Uh, let's of it. Hear the clip. Here's a little well, bit of what he said. What do you have? We have always had a blanket offer of entry into America for people who have a reasonable fear for the lives and safety of their families and themselves. And so a lot of the Venezuelans can easily make that case. But they come in here, and under the current law, they have to wait six months for a work permit. Now, very few of them do. About 80% of the people who come to New York and to Massachusetts, the two states with right-to-shelter laws within the state, although I see Governor Huckle thinks it should be modified, and it probably should under the current circumstances. It's just because they come up here, and we're supposed to shelter people who can't get work permits for six months. And there's just no – we need to change that. We need to uh, – if they want to work, they need to be working, paying taxes, and paying their way. And most of these people have no interest in being – on welfare for themselves or their families, they want to work, and they're not allowed to under the system as it now works. It's broken. 
The system is broken. And, and John, also, by the way, today we also heard from Mayor Eric Adams, who came out and said the White House is wrong on immigration. So I agree. You started a cavalcade, I think, right well, after it's Bill not Clinton. Me. It's uh, President Clinton, his old leadership from uh, 25 years ago. He always had a lot of respect him. But you people. asked some great questions and you really gave him the time, John. You spent a whole hour with I him, which is talk, rare. I, that and was I great. I talked to. Uh, with President Clinton about uh, his relationship with Newt Gingrich and how they lowered they lowered the deficit for the first time any president uh, uh, any speaker did it and and they worked in cooperation maybe they didn't like each other but they worked for the United States of America they worked for our country absolutely and that is what it's all about and by the way joining us now John we have the former speaker of the house Newt Gingrich speaking of which joining us here on Cats and Cosby Mr. Speaker great to have you here well it's great to talk to you and it sounds like you had a very successful breakthrough on starting to think in a practical way about the challenge of illegal immigration in in a a lot of Democrats on, on that breakfast we had on on Monday morning uh, with Senator Schumer and uh, and uh, Governor Hochul and Mayor Adams followed the uh, leadership of President Clinton to say the, the, the same things. Uh, what's her name was there? Uh, Gillibrand, right? Gillibrand. Yep. I don't yep. know where she was. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't think anybody knew where she was. Physically, she was there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I almost didn't recognize her because she changed in so many ways. Yeah, and she, and it's, and she was sort of all over, I guess, on the policy too, right? Yeah, it's a little yeah. unclear. Uh, you know, um, it's, Mr. Speaker, I got to get your take on the huge news, obviously, of what's happened in the last 24 hours on Capitol Hill. Uh, your reaction to these eight folks uh, who came out, the eight members of Congress who literally uh, changed dynamics and got rid of Speaker McCarthy and and also Matt Gates. Uh, what, what do you think? Well, I think, first of all, that uh, Ben Dominich captured it pretty well when he called him the hateful eight. Uh, you know, the, the Matt Gates hates uh, Kevin McCarthy in part because McCarthy would not intervene with the Ethics Committee where Gates has some very, very serious charges uh, about him, both misusing public funds and taking a uh, minor across state lines for sexual purposes. And, and Gates was desperate to have the ethics committee drop it. And McCarthy said, look, I, I can't intervene. So part of this is just pure personal bitterness. Uh, but I think the key principle for all of our listeners is simple. You had 96% of the House Republican Conference vote for McCarthy. You had 4% vote with the Democrats to defeat McCarthy. Now, you know, if, if we had a football game going and the offensive tackle turned and ca- tackled his own quarterback, you probably wouldn't keep him on the field and you probably wouldn't keep him in your uniform. And yet that's what we saw happen. We saw eight guys who decided that they were superior to the 210 Republicans that they were opposed by. Uh, and so they went and sided with the Democrats to basically defeat the Republicans. And I, I think that it's a terrible precedent, and I think it poses a huge challenge to the next Speaker of the House, uh, because are you going to get up every morning wondering if these eight guys are going to destroy your speakership because you didn't do exactly what they wanted yesterday? I mean, I, I think it's a very serious problem. Very, very serious. And, and Newt, I have cre- created my own crap list. I can't say the other four-letter word on the radio. 
I've created a crap list, and, and these people, if we can primary them or whatever we have to do, we're going to do it. And uh, in Florida, that guy uh, – Gates, uh, Gates uh, and uh, some uh, senior people in Florida emailed me and says, "Tell your 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 daughter to stay away from him because he is very very bad news. He's been arrested so many times. He never goes to jail, but he's been arrested a ton of times." Well, I just I just think if you watched him, you 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 got the whole story. Uh, Speaker McCarthy brought up a very conservative continuing resolution that cuts spending by 8%. These guys voted no. Then the leaders of the Freedom Caucus developed a continuing resolution that cut spending by 30% and included the Republican position on controlling the border. These guys voted no. And by the way, the moderates who represent the 19 districts that Joe Biden carried, they all voted for these. So these aren't real conservatives. These These are opportunists. Uh, who are totally irresponsible. Uh, and I think what, what struck me and what I guess I'm offended by is that they, they decided they had the, the moral virtue, the patriotic legitimacy, uh, the brilliance, that the, the eight of them were right and the 210 Republicans were wrong. And they were not only prepared to disagree, they were prepared to ally with the Democrats to defeat them. And I, uh, I think it's uh, extraordinarily dangerous. And I agree with you. I think all eight of these guys should get defeated in the next Republican primary because they're not really Republicans. You called them traitors. Sure you, call them. Uh, you called them traitors. Wow. I'm going to ask you a question. And sure. I don't know the answer to it. And I'm not sure you know the answer to it. Uh, you know, I commended uh, uh, the Democratic uh, uh, leader, majority leader, and I commended everybody for working together to get a 45-day extension. Did somebody on the Democratic Party shake hands with uh, McCarthy and says, the extreme left and the extreme right, let's ignore them. And uh, if you have a problem with them, that we're, we're going to support you uh, for the speakership. And Well, supposedly Pelosi did back in January. But, uh, you know, on the other hand, look, if, you, if, you, if you're sitting there and you're the Democratic leadership, and these eight guys walk over and hand you this giant birthday cake and say, hi, how would you like to ruin the, the week for the Republicans? You know, instead of having the stories be about the Biden inflation, the Biden gasoline prices, the Biden failure on the border, the Biden crime rate, we could take a whole week and have the press cover the Republicans. How would you like that? I, I don't blame the Democrats for being opposed. I mean, you know, that, that's a pretty big offer. I blame the eight Republicans who betrayed their party. And uh, I don't know if traitor is technically the right word, but it'll do for the moment. Uh, they certainly betrayed their party. They betrayed their belief that they were Republicans. Uh, and again, I have no problem if they want to argue it out in the conference. I have no problem if they want to vote no on the floor about issues. But to go and side with the Democrats, knowing that the and then, by the way, to have the hypocrisy to say that they were mad at, at, at uh, Kevin McCarthy because he'd worked with the Democrats on the CR, while they, in fact, the only hope they had for winning was to have all the Democrats vote with them. So they were quite happy to work with Democrats to defeat McCarthy. And, uh, Newt, uh, uh, Newt, we've got uh, Vito Fisella has a question for you. Sure. Newt, you know, we all know that there was always members who would quietly oppose leadership and 
often it was, as you know better than anybody in this country, it was argued behind closed doors. But what we're seeing today is unprecedented in the way it's playing out in the public and helping to defeat and destroy, it seems like, the party. What's your prognosis or what do you see as a roadmap going forward? Where do we go from here? Well, let me say, first of all, part of what happens is guys like Gates uh, go on every TV show they can get on, and then they send out fundraising memos. And because, you know, if if you're a hardline conservative out in America, you have every reason to be angry at Washington. And so suddenly Gates becomes your hero. Uh, and you send him money, and he gets to run for governor of Florida. That's what this is all about. Uh, this is a this is a hypocritical, opportunistic behavior. My my advice to the House Republican Conference is: do not let these eight guys in to vote on leader on the speaker, unless they sign a document that says they will not do this again for the rest of this Congress. But if they're not willing to pledge their loyalty now to the next speaker. Don't let them be part of picking them. Agree 110%. Uh, they, they, they have been doing chaos instead of unity. Yeah. Uh, on, on the flip side, Newt, I feel, um, that, that there are so many people who are so frustrated with Washington. Uh, I, I'm not talking about the aid and the way they handled it. I, I hear what you're saying on that, but there are a lot of people who are going, Washington's broken. Fix the border. Stop the spending. Uh, what do you sure. say to that? Because it seems like Washington's at a standstill. Look, what I say, that's pretty simple. Elect Trump. <clears throat> well, I mean, uh, I, I will say something, uh, uh, a note, that he's probably, you know, whether people wanted him or not uh, wanted him, I mean, six months ago, a lot of people didn't want him. But looking at where things right now, the rule of law, how the there's no rule of law. I mean, things are out of control. That's Who right. is I the mean, only one at every level, including, by the way, the judge in New York who has adopted an absurd position on these the evaluations? I mean, John, look, you're a very successful guy. You know that people can have honest differences about the value of something. And you know that under the law, if there's a difference of opinion, the judge doesn't get to decide. You've got to go to a jury. Yes. Precisely because the judge can't decide. And yet this guy who's a hack Democrat. And, and is thrilled to be a left-wing opponent of Trump. This guy is, is you know, <clears throat> he valued Mar-a-Lago at what some people think is one percent of its real value. Right, eighteen million dollars. Who would ever say that? I mean, it's it's obscene. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Let me tell you, it's it, the only person right now. The way I look at it is uh, uh, President Trump is the only one that's tough enough. To, to get the United States back on track. Yeah, to turn, right. the, you, there's then, a lot. And you then have to get, then give him 30 more Republican House members so they can govern without a handful of nuts screwing it up, and then give him about five senators. Well, and I'll tell you what happened today. No, no, yeah. uh, you know, whatever happened to the Supreme Court, uh, President Biden got up there today and says, uh, 125,000 of you will get, uh, uh, will, will forgive the, uh, your student loans all over right. again. So, so President Biden is going to get up in 2024 and say, look, I was willing to give you your money back. It's those those guys with the uh, bow ties and white socks didn't want to give it to you. And it's called buying the vote, John. I mean, that's what he's trying to do is say, hey, OK, buy the vote. Pretty, It's pretty clear. I think that's right. It's, it's very clear cut to me that this is a totally, utterly irresponsible person who doesn't care about the law, uh, who is desperately trying to survive. 
Uh, and I frankly, I'm, I'm warning people up front now. I, I fully expect the Biden team to uh, attempt to lock up President Trump for, for a gag order. And, and, and literally, I mean, lock him up. And he won't, he won't even be able to talk. In a, in a presidential year. Yeah, that is over, no, we're, over we're a out of time. Uh, we got to take a hard break right now. Uh, let's take that hard break, and uh, uh, we'll be back with Steve Moore on what the heck is going on with the economy. Thank you, Newt. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. We're going to have economist Steve Moore in a second because now there's another strike and also the economy's a mess. Uh, John, before we go to Steve, I wanted to ask you, oil prices today, uh, and where is that headed? What's the impact, of course, with interest rates? Well, right now, uh, the, the Fed, it looks like they're going to raise interest rates next week, and that's going to destroy the economy completely. So the big game being played internationally, it's a big, big game, and maybe Steve Moore can tell us about it or or, or discuss it. Uh, with oil going down six dollars a barrel because the the, the uh, inflation will go out of whack at at ninety five dollars a barrel, inflation is going to go out of whack. So they're sort of playing games with the oil prices. So they, is may, what you're they saying. may not want they want may not want to increase interest rates, knowing it's going to destroy the economy. So. They knocked down the price of oil to justify that it, in the future it might not uh, affect it. But let's hear what Steve Moore has to say. Steve, what's going on? Hi, John. Good to be with you. By the way, great discussion about what happened uh, the, in, uh, in Congress yesterday. I think it was a disgrace. I agree with you guys. But, look, let's talk about the economy. First of all, let's remember that, you know, the price of gasoline at the pump when Donald Trump left office was about two forty nine a gallon. Now nationally, it's about four twenty nine a gallon, and in New York, uh, it's about five dollars a gallon, and in California, it's six dollars a gallon. And this is a result of, you know, basically Biden's kind of war on American energy. We should be, if we just stayed with the Trump drill baby drill strategy, we'd be producing so much more oil. We wouldn't be talking about, you know, five dollar a gallon gas. We'd be talking about two fifty a gallon gas. So I, I think it's. This was planned destruction by Biden because he hates the oil and gas industry. But this, Rita, is what makes our economy run. Yeah. Now, what do you make of what also John was just talking about, sort of the playing with the numbers of the price of oil uh, yep. to offset interest rates? Because everybody's so freaked out. I mean, it's if it's they 8%. raise interest rates. Our economy is going to go to crapper. You know what, John, you're so right about this. You know, I'm so I'm so sick and tired of the Fed saying they have to slow down the economy. Slow it down. You know, come on. This economy is rotten already. They want to intentionally try to, uh, you know, torpedo the economy so that it can't grow because they think somehow putting more people in unemployment lines is going to reduce inflation. Gee, that's not going to work very well. I remember... You know, John and I, you're too young, Rita, but John and I Thank remember you. back in the, in, the <laughs> 80s, in the 80s, remember, John, under Reagan, we had lower lower inflation and high economic growth and high employment. 
that is a high number of people working. So there is there is no inverse relationship between inflation and unemployment. In fact, we need to get more people working, more output, and that's the way to solve this problem. Steve, Not, what's I'm what's the rumor? Uh, what's the rumor on next week's interest rates? Well, I think it's 50-50. I really would. I think it's a flip of a coin right now. Uh, I've come to the conclusion, I think that you have, John, that all these interest rate hikes are killing the economy. I mean, let me give you another example, if I may. When Trump left office, do you guys remember what the mortgage rate was? <laughs> two and three quarters. I got a mortgage yeah, for yeah, one two, of my houses. Two, yeah, 2.8, 2.9, something like that. Now we're at 7.3%. I mean, why is that happening? Because government spending is out of control. Inflation is out of control. So this means if you buy a median value home in America, you're going to have to pay uh, read up another $150,000 in 30-year mortgage rates. This is why there was a study that just came out by the Federal Reserve that shows 90% of Americans today, are you ready for this? 90% cannot afford the median uh, home in their neighborhood. Wow. That's huge. That You know, Steve, um, I also want to make sure we get to the student loan issue with you. Did you hear President Biden just a little yeah. bit ago? Forget that yeah. the Supreme Court said he can't do it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Now he's piecemealing it. And he unveiled yep. it's a $9 billion student debt relief. Uh, I mean, yeah. you can't make this up. And he's going to say, yeah. to John's point, he is totally going to use this politically. He's going to say, look, I could only get these through. Uh, I feel like he's buying the votes on the ones that he's doing. And then he's going to say, look, those guys wouldn't let you do it blanket. I was going to give you guys all free education. And these bad yeah. guys on the chaotic MAGA, as he's now calling them today, they're the ones <laughs> responsible. Well, I mean, first of all, think of, think for a moment if Donald Trump just brazenly ignored the Supreme Court, said, I'm not going to comply with the Supreme Court. They'd what impeach him again. They'd impeach him again. Oh God, he's a dictator. He's trying to he won't abide by the laws. And meanwhile, the, the Supreme Court could not have been plainer in saying in their decision a couple of months ago that, yes, we need to have, uh, you know, you, you cannot unilaterally uh, suspend. Uh, student loan payments without congressional approval. This guy thinks he's a he's a he's a king, not the president. Absolutely. Well, Steve wow. Moore, thank, thank you. you, Steve Moore, and uh, we'll catch up with you again real soon. And uh, we'll be listening to you on the uh, on more the uh, more money, more money on, on every Saturdays. Saturday at two o'clock, one o'clock to two o'clock. Yeah, one o'clock to two. Okay, let's go to Ari Fleischer. Exactly. We have the former White House press secretary, Ari Fleischer. Ari, we're talking about, of course, uh, politics and, uh, the chaos, as President Biden just said a little bit ago on Capitol Hill with the speakership. Where do you think all of this is going? And, and I, I, I knew this was going to happen. Ari, you are, you know, obviously so shrewd politically. He already is using it. You could see the White House from Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, to the president, they had this canned line today. It's the chaos, uh, House GOP, chaos, MAGA. They're already inserting the words. Well, first of all, I'm actually in Washington. I, I, I've never missed New York so much. Uh, I need to get out of here. Um, but <laughs> look, Republicans handed them that line. They're right to use it against Republicans. This is chaos. This doesn't accomplish anything. Kevin McCarthy is imperfect. But I, I guarantee you, whoever the speaker is, would be and will be imperfect when you have a five-vote majority of the House of Representatives. You don't control the Senate, and you can't force Joe Biden to sign your legislation. So you're going to have to compromise. You're going to have to do things differently. You're not going to get the wish list that we all wish for. And we live in a 
caucus where the word compromise is a dirty word. And the worst part about it now is Matt Gates and his chaos caucus have turned power over to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the Democrats. That's how they were able to get rid of Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, and a a lot of games, too, going on. Uh, Judge Weinberg. Ari, welcome back. I want to ask you this. How do the Republicans, the majority of the caucus, the 94, 96% of the caucus, how do they get control back to to marginalize this extreme group? Well, two things. One, they've got to get rid of the one-person motion to vacate. It makes no sense. You just cannot function. No organization can function if you're always changing your CEO, your Speaker of the House, the principal of your school. Everybody knows you need leadership and you give leadership time to get it done. And you can't just have this, this sword of Damocles hanging over their head every day. But second, I just think we all need to recognize there is a terrible modern split in the Republican Party. There are people who are more establishment, do believe that you have to compromise, particularly when you don't run the House, Senate and White House. And there's another group that really means it when they say shut it down that nothing's working, we don't trust you, no money for Ukraine, let Rome fall. And they mean it, that if they don't get what they want, they don't care. So how do you stop that? the reality of what Matt Gates is for and and the little group that he's got going. So how do you bridge that gap, you know, to the judge's point, Ari, because, you know, I'll say, yeah, I think the Republicans should be doing more to secure the border. I think we should, as a country, figure out how to cut spending so, I mean, there's a, there are some genuine issues here, but you're right. They got to work together. How, how do you bridge that gap? Well, if, if the Matt Gates group doesn't come on board, it will never get bridged because you're not going to get Democrat votes to secure the border. You're not going to get Democrat votes to cut spending. So when you have a five vote majority in the House, if they don't hang together as a team, they can't get anything done. You know, there, there used to be a political party in America in the 19th century called the Know Nothings. And I think under Matt Gates, what he wants to do is create the accomplished nothings. Nothing will get accomplished. And we're just we're going to go from government shutdown to debt limit threat. We'll bounce from one to the next to the next. Unless a group of conservative Democrats crosses lines and votes with Republicans. I don't see that happening. So House Republicans need to get their act together. They need to remember the power of unity. Why could Nancy Pelosi with a five vote majority do it? But Republicans today can't. We've got a minute left, Ari. What would you like to tell all America? That this was an unforced error. That if you really do want to do the things that Republicans have dreamed about doing, you've got to start with party unity. And you can't just say, if I don't get everything I want, I'm going to replace the speaker. I want to burn it all down. It's really a New York issue. We have a lot of new members who helped deliver this majority who aren't going to vote for everything the rest of their colleagues are. Somebody's got to bring all the factions together. And I just think Matt Gates never wants to be brought together. He'll, he'll do this to the next speaker again. Wow, what a mess. I, I think the Republicans, uh, Vito, you're a Republican. Uh, I think the Republicans should gather together and uh, and take these uh, this gang of eight and crap them. No, it, <laughs> <laughs> well, we can do that, way, or we can do word. it a different way as well. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's just we're all optimists. Maybe this is the opportunity to, for everybody else, the 96 percenters to come together and say we need to regroup and refocus 
and, and work together because otherwise we're just going to keep shooting in the circular firing squad, and that's what's going to happen. And we're going to have another Republican right after this. Mm-hmm. We have the Alphonse D'Amato, one of the greatest senators in the history of New York State, and I'm sure he's going to have a few cents to say about that. I'm sure he will. Ari, thank <laughs> you so Ari. much, Ari. Thank you, Ari. <laughs> thank you. And a lot more after the break. Go that break. <laughs> You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. Well, we're back. And, and Vito, you have a big wedding on uh, uh, Saturday afternoon. You have uh, your son, uh, Dylan. Uh, tell us about it. Well, we're very happy for Dylan and his uh, fiance Kirsten Peroni. They're getting married on Saturday. It's a big day, our first. Uh, and we'll be walking down the aisle of Blessed Sacrament Church on Saturday. Oh, See how there. beautiful. And, uh, Congratulations. Yeah, well, Congrats. everybody's happy, and uh, it's a great a great day. That is wonderful. Thank Bravo you. to the Facella family. How Thanks. beautiful. We love you. Indeed. And now we Thank go you. to the, the greatest senator in New York State has ever had, Alphonse D'Amato. Alphonse, what are these Republicans doing? Well, let me tell you. First of all, that piece of dreck, okay, who brought the charges, Gates, he should be in prison. And do you know the real reason he pushed that? I'll tell you why. Because McCarthy wouldn't sideline the investigation that he's under now. What's he under investigation for? Trafficking prostitutes, being involved in all kinds of devious things. He is one. Taking minors of, over the border for sex. The man he act. is the man act. a piece of dreck. He is horrible. And I got to tell you something else. Some of those Republicans who knew that McCarthy wouldn't bend to him, should have said something about it. Here he holds himself out, this master conservative, uh, just a piece of lying threat who should be in prison, okay? And I hope they indict him. I hope that he deserves it. He's a bad human being. Yeah, he wants you to send the money. And he wants to run the governor. What a piece of threat. That's number one. Number two, nobody, whether it's Scalise or the other gentleman, and both of them are really, Jordan, really competent and worthy of the position. They should not take it unless the House agrees that they're going to do away with this ridiculous rule that one person can call for an impeachment or a doing away and, and bring the speakership up because they don't agree exactly with what he's doing. That's ridiculous. McCarthy shouldn't have agreed to it. That's the only way he could get it. And and look what happened. You had this calamity take place. So let's hope that we've learned. And the most important thing, I got to tell you, is to get rid of Sleepy Joe. For God's sakes, this country is going to hell with the open borders which is infesting our, our United States of America with criminals, with drugs, and with a lot of good, decent people, but we don't have the room to put them, and they should be vetted, and we should know every one of them. Just like when our ancestors came here, when my grandparents went, uh, came here, they went to Ellis Island. And by the way, in 62 years, they processed 15 million people. Well, in, in three years, 
We got seven million who crossed over the border. I mean, yes, I mean, everybody thinks even the Democrats are starting to go that way, too, uh, that there has to be some kinds of checks and balances of people at the border. You can't just close the border. Nobody comes over until they are vetted, till they're cleared. Do we know that they're not criminals? That, that, to, that we know that there's somebody and a place for them to live. You just, you just can't have people pouring in here. The whole world would pour in. The whole of South America, the whole of anyone who comes from a poor country who can get here, they'd be crazy not to try to come here. So I'm not saying that all of these people are bad people, but there are a lot of bad people. Hundreds of thousands. So what of should the what should the Republicans do about these gang, the gang of eight? That challenged ninety six percent of the uh, of the Republican Party and and brought the Republican Party down to down down into the ditch. The Republican Party owes it to themselves and and those other seven others who voted with this guy Gates. They all knew that he why he brought this thing. It had nothing to do with government. It had nothing to do with us not passing this bill or that bill. That's all a bunch of crap. He did this because they would not agree to suspend the investigation that was underway against him. He's a no good thief. He, he, he deserves whatever we can do to him. He's a horrible human being. OK. And, uh, and the other seven who went along with him, they should be ashamed of themselves. I agree. They didn't know. They didn't know this. They shouldn't have marched along with him. We got a minute left. What else would you like to tell the American people? Well, I'd like to take, tell the American people right to the president. Tell your congressman, Democrat or Republican, stand up and demand that the borders be closed and that there be a process put in place where we only let people who we, who have passed the minimum regulations and standards to come into this country. That's what has to be done. Otherwise, we're finished. All right. Thank you, Thank you Alphonse D'Amato, the greatest senator New York State has ever had. And now let's and go by to... By the way, yes. John, I'm looking forward to being with you on Columbus Day and marching in that parade. We're going to be I together. Am proud. I am proud of those ethnic communities, Italians, Greeks, Irish, Jews, etc. People from around the world who came into this country, whose families came into this country legally, a legal process, and gave us a refuge and gave us a home. And I'm fed up with those people who want to tear down George Washington and Columbus. Without George Washington, we don't have the United States of America, you bunch of jackasses. Thank you, Senator D'Amato. And now let's go to to New York's greatest mayor, Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Absolutely. And Mayor Giuliani, uh, we just heard a mouthful, of course, from Senator <laughs> D'Amato. Yeah, no shortage. By the way, uh, first of all, your reaction. Anyway, we had a birthday party today. Oh, you did? Uh, for uh, Congressman uh, uh, Frank uh, Guarini, yes. Guarini uh, at the New York Athletic Club. Can I say 99 years old. And uh, oh, Rudy, you must God. remember Frank. Frank is one of the greatest of guys. Of course I remember Frank. I can't imagine he was that old, but oh my goodness. And 99? Yes. God bless. God bless him.
Absolutely. Now, by the way, I think I'm going to age following uh, the house. What's going on at the house? What's your take oh, real quick, Rudy, on I that? that last night. I couldn't figure out what was going on. I mean, it, it's it's like we have such big problems. John Rita, we have such big problems that you have to feel that. How do they what's wrong with them? I mean, yeah, there are so many issues. I agree. They should be debating the border. They should be debating crime. They should be debating how much money they're spending. Uh, they should be debating how we're going to rebuild our military. So now that now that China has a bigger navy than we do, we have a bigger navy than China. I mean, I, you, we could go on forever with the things they should be debating. And, and what about the border? What about the border? What a mess it is. And we're hearing, you know, we're hearing, and we're hearing folks, Rudy, talk from both sides of their mouth. On one hand, they're saying, well, the border should be open. And then on the other hand, they're saying the White House is wrong on immigration. Well, it can't be. The border should be open to legal immigration. It should be open, but patrolled so that uh, the way my door is open. You know, you got to knock on the door. And if I want to let you in, I do. And if I, by the way, you I should don't. put a lock on your door, and then you should vet and decide who comes through the door, like right? Yeah, like all and all the fences they have around their wonderful property. Uh, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's, there's nothing wrong with America being open. It's America doesn't have a border. You could just come in here, no matter who you are or what you are, and over a period of time, a country disappears when that happens. It loses its integrity. It loses its purpose. It's it's, it's reason for being. Absolutely. Rudy Giuliani, Judge Weinberg's got a comment. Mr. Mayor, I read today that you filed a lawsuit against uh, President Biden oh, in New Hampshire. This case. Wait until I tell you about it. Yeah, yeah please, tell please. us all we wanna, about it. I want to know about that case. We found a great to do it in New Hampshire I can sue for defamation and I can collect in every state in which you defame me so I can use it almost like you would a federal case now they probably are going to remove it to federal court which is okay with me but I can so if 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 there's um, if, if I'm defamed in North Carolina That'll be part of my damages in in uh, in New Hampshire. It's a terrific statute. It's been upheld, and that's why we selected New Hampshire. Now, Rudy, tell everybody what you think he said that was oh, defaming. Sure. I, sure, I, I can remember. think of a whole bunch, but I want to hear it from you. <laughs> Comes out of the debate, I mean, doesn't I it? it? Really simple. In on October twenty second, twenty twenty, in the last debate, he twice said that I was a Russian pawn that I was an instrument of the Russian government, that I was a Russian spy. Uh, that's tr- untrue, otherwise known as defamation per se. And uh, I can prove that. It's been proven by the FBI. It's been uh, proven by uh, the New York Times and, and the uh, Washington Post. Both had to admit that after 16 months of calling me a Russian, uh, a, a Russian pawn. And he had to have known it because the FBI figured it out six months before he said it. Plus, the day before, his secretary of state was going around trying to get letters saying that this was the product of Russian disinformation. And, of course, that was untrue. 
So I, he defamed me. He did great damage to my law practice, my consulting business. Uh, who, who, who the heck is going to do business with a Russian spy? I lost clients. I directly lost uh, YouTube, uh, where I had a, a, a million people on YouTube. So I'm I, he, <laughs> I'm basically going to collect all of that from him, plus uh, punitive damages. Does he have the money to pay for this, Mr. Mayor? And where's that money coming from? Hunter could sell a painting. Uh, maybe he opened one of the foreign... I mean, I can work with him on that. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? I said Hunter could sell a painting. You know, it's such great artwork. Well, I mean, you know, if, they, if they'd open one of those offshore bank accounts, Hunter could pay all his legal bills. They could pay me. Now, by the and way, at, at the woman, same time, Hunter is suing you. Ukraine. I know this woman in Ukraine that's been dying to give the FBI the offshore bank accounts for a year, and the FBI doesn't inv- interview her. So, wait, by the way, Rudy, you just opened the door too. I know who you're referring to. You're refer. Are you referring to? Is this the? Uh, is this the the accountant? Right. What What's going on? Yeah, has she Has she spoken to Comer's committee? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I'm, I don't know if I'm allowed to. Uh, I'm not. I don't know if I'm allowed to tell tell you whether she did or she didn't. Nor am I actually sure. But I'm, I'm pretty confident she did. She was. She was the wife of Zloshevsky's partner. She's no, just, you know, anybody. And when Zloshevsky got out of government to take his crooked business back, John, his partner disappeared three weeks after he came back. And Zloshevsky got the whole business. So everybody wonders. What did Zoshevsky have to do with that? <laughs> wow. Well, we can't wait to get to the bottom of this, Rudy. Uh, I love that you're taking the fight also to the White House. Uh, bravo to you, uh, America's mayor, the greatest New oh, York City mayor have, ever. Let me point out to the judge, uh, he did it before he was president, so we're allowed to sue him. Ah, uh, he's smiling. He's smiling. Right. <laughs> Mr. Mayor, you're always a great lawyer. You're always a great lawyer. I can take his deposition. Uh, based on the Clinton case, with uh, with the uh, uh, the one the one that caused the impeachment, be- uh, be- because uh, he wasn't president at the time and he's subject to deposition. Wow, 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 Rudy, you have just dropped a bombshell. We love you. Thank you for being here, America's Mayor, okay. the great Rudy Giuliani. Thank you so much, Rudy. We appreciate it. And everybody, stick with us here on Cats and Cosby when we come back. Virginia's attorney general talks about skyrocketing crime and that carjacking of a member of Congress. Stay with us. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And joining us now is Virginia Attorney General Jason Mayares. Mr. Attorney General, what is going on, especially with D.C. and the suburbs? You're right there in Virginia. Crime is skyrocketing. Right. Well, I mean, what we've seen is the D.C. crime problem is becoming Virginia's crime problem. And you you have these soft-on-crime, soft-on-crime prosecutors and then soft-on-crime elected officials, and you've seen a lot of this in big cities around the country. Obviously, New York is familiar with it. But, you know, we just had a carjacking last night with a member of Congress, uh, Henry Cuellar, and the, and the great irony in all this is that there was a D.C. quote-unquote reform bill that had to be approved by Congress in which over 170 
congressional Democrats voted for a bill lessening the penalties for carjacking. And so uh, we have seen time and time again, this criminal first victim last mindset is making Americans, uh, regardless of what city they're in, whether they're in L.A., San Francisco, New York, Philadelphia, and now tragically, obviously, D.C., less safe. And right now, common sense isn't very common these days. And we're just seeing too many innocents. You know, Congressman Cuellar got a lot of attention because he got carjacked and he's a member of Congress. But every every month you're having multiple carjacks per month. And those voices and those victims, they're mentioned in brief. They're mentioned in passing. And we're trying to draw attention to the fact that right now the crime problem in D.C. is simply out of control and unacceptable. Absolutely. And Mr. Attorney General, I mean, even in uh, the D.C. area, it's about 200 murders since January. And as you just brought up, uh, Congressman Cuellar gets carjacked, apparently three armed guys. And then he was on the media joking about his sushi being taken. Is there this sort of sense of minimizing crime? I mean, that doesn't help. Yeah. Well, that and and D.C. has this problem. I mean, the average arrest record for somebody that's been charged with murder in the District of Columbia is 11 prior arrests, 11. Uh, and that's straight from the D.C., the former D.C. police chief. That's kind of the, that's the problem we have right now is we're not giving people second chances. We're giving them fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth chances. They're getting out. And if you want to lower crime, there's been study after study that shows roughly 3 to 5% of felons are committing over 50% of the violent felonies. If you want to lower crime, you have to go to the, you have to go after those repeat violent felons and get them off our streets and out of our neighborhoods. And they say the only thing you learn from history is nobody learns from history. Everything these social justice warriors are doing, either at City Hall or in the prosecutor's offices, cashless bail, early release of violent offenders, getting rid of any and all mandatory minimums, lessening penalties, not prosecuting larceny crimes. They tried all this in the 1970s in New York and other areas around the country. That led to a crime explosion. We learned a lot of hard lessons. We started getting mandatory minimums and truth and sentencing and really going after repeat violent offenders. And then we forgot about it. Between 1992 and 2018, violent crime in this country dropped almost year, year after year. And then we got away from those hard, difficult lessons we learned. And we brought back a lot of these same ideas that they tried to implement in the 1970s with predictable disastrous results. And now we're trying to push back again. But unfortunately, every year, every day, every week, they wait to start taking crime seriously is another day with another victim, another family that's had their life shattered because elected officials and politicians didn't take crime seriously. And it's something I've been preaching from day one in my office as attorney general. Absolutely. And everybody, we are talking to the Virginia Attorney General, Jason Mayaras, who has certainly been fighting this crime spree across the country. You know, Mr. Attorney General, you, you hit it on the head, too, of just how vast it is. And to see the mayor of D.C. Uh, right there in your backyard, uh, she was like, what crime? Uh, everything's good, even after this armed assault on the, uh, you know, former on the congressman, on Congressman Cuellar. How is this affecting also tourism? I think about, you know, New York right. and D.C. and so many of these places. Who wants to go to visit these yeah. places if all they see are these headlines? Yeah. And then you see the politicians saying, what crime? Well, it obviously affects Virginia. We have, you know, we, we have a, a huge population of commuters that live in northern Virginia, that live in the district. And I just think the tragedy, we had a, 
a young uh, student that had recently graduated from James Madison University, and she had gone into the District of Columbia just for a concert. She had checked in the hotel, and she was brutally, brutally murdered, stabbed to death in her hotel room by essentially an unknown assailant off the street. And it, it really does. It creates a chilling effect where, you know, D.C. has a vibrant, obviously, they have a Kennedy Center. They have a vibrant both uh, uh, music scene and art scene. And people don't want to go in the District of Columbia right now at night to stay. They don't want to stay. They don't want to dine. They don't want to go to the arts. That affects our local economy. That affects our local businesses. And so much of what I hear from individuals, whether they're in Northern Virginia or D.C., with the crime uptick is it's affecting their bottom line. It's affecting these retail shop owners that they're not a congressman, that when they get hit or they're the victim of a violent crime, they don't get, you know, on the front page of, of Fox News and other major media outlets. And it's those 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 victims that their voices are being ignored. I mean, I've often said as attorney general, I view myself as the people's protector. And that means partly giving a voice to victims. And I can't tell you the number of victims I've heard in the D.C. metro area that have been the victims of crime, that oftentimes they become the one thing they never want to become. They just become a statistic. And uh, we want to make sure that's not the case or voices are are being heard. So we're begging. We've actually publicly asked for the D.C. mayor and the D.C. council to actually get cracked down on violent crime, go after these repeat violent offenders, because ultimately that's the only way you're going to get your way out of this is you get these violent offenders off the street where they're not victimizing uh, uh, our friends and our neighbors in our neighborhoods and in our communities. Absolutely. Well, bravo. Keep the pressure on because our citizens deserve to be safe, 1,000%. Mr. Attorney General, thank you for being with us. Always great to be with you. Thanks so much. And guys, uh, wow, Judge Weinberg, what did you make of him saying sushi, that he was worried about the sushi? I thought that was a ridiculous statement. I, I, I know Jason Meares very, very well. He's a wonderful leader and he's fighting against these soft on crime DAs all across the country. He's really to be commended for that. We need more fighters like that, right, Vito Fasella? We need to keep people safe and keep communities safe and put violent felons behind bars where they belong so people can live freely and safely. One thousand percent. And everybody, what do we stand for, guys? Truth, Truth, justice, justice, and the American American way. way. God bless America and God bless New York. God bless.